Today on Nine Works Radio, we discuss underrated Porsches. Nine Works Radio is your dedicated Porsche and car podcast, taking you closer than ever to the world's finest sports cars and the culture and history behind them. The show is brought to you by nineworks.co.uk, the innovative online platform for Porsche enthusiasts, hosted by Porsche journalist Lee Sibley and 993 owner and engineer Andy Brooks, with special input from friends and experts around the industry, including you, our valued listeners. Good day, boys. Good day, Max. Long time no see, my friend. Long time no see. It's been hours. <laughs> literally. literally hours. Two or three, at least. Yeah, it has been hours. <laughs> Andy, nice to see you, my friend. It's been a little bit longer since we've yeah, seen you. Yeah, a little you. bit longer. Good to see you. Good to see you. Yeah, uh, nice. Well, I haven't seen you since you've been back from your trip. No, it's good to see your boat race again. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Good to see yours, too. <laughs> Albeit digitally. Uh, we need to hook up before your US trip, which we'll talk about certainly yeah. before the end of the show. That is days away. Yeah. Excellent. Must, must get be packing. excited. Yeah. 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 Got everything booked, I think. Anything I've forgotten? Got parking, got insurances. Passport or are you passport, planning to yeah, stow away? Passport. No, passport's good. Yeah. Ideal. Ready. I think I'm re- I think we're ready. Ideal. Absolutely ideal. Well, yeah, Max and I were messing around with some 991s today and and we'll maybe talk a little bit further on in terms of what we were doing exactly. But what I will say is, Max, it was brilliant to drive your 991 today, my friend. Yeah, it's my pleasure. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm relieved that you enjoyed it. No, do you know what? It was great. I was thinking about this on the way home. I mentioned in the video that I've probably done at least 150,000 miles in 991s. Wow. At least, if not a quarter of a million. And fuck me, that's a statement. Yeah, but it is, you know, the amount of like press car loans we used to have on T911, it was a revolving door. Uh, You know, sometimes we had, um, you know, like two or even three models at once and we'd be doing it back to back. So, I mean, if if you name a scenario, I've done it in a 991. Got got married in one with the 991.2 Turbo S, moved house in one in a 991 Gem 1 C4S, and an iron board <laughs> does go in Porsche. a coupe. Yeah, yeah, honestly, um, uh, Christ, you know, you name it, we've done it. Um, I've broken down in them. I've run out of fuel in them. I've crashed them. <laughs> You name it, I've you done it. Tell me any of this before today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can tell you now. I can tell you now. Yeah, it wasn't me. Someone went into the back of us. But um, yeah, right. Yeah, so you know, I know, I know uh, what happens with the seatbelts. Luckily, no airbags gone off and whatnot. So yeah, you know, great experience, but like such fond memories as well. Maybe apart from from that latter yeah. uh, anecdote, but uh, yeah, so it brought back a lot of awesome memories and reminded me pretty quickly just how awesome those cars are and and, and obviously those they, they were from press cars they were when they were brand new expensive you know list price etc cetera, etc cetera. now with the greatest respect max it's a 10 year old 911 but i think its charm has been turned up even more because 10 years down the line and with 10 years of evolution of 911 since i still jumped in that car and was like this thing's absolutely awesome yeah. absolutely awesome and i and i would i would love one yeah, they're bloody good. I mean, and they were. I don't know if it was just my perception at the time, but I felt like 
when we went from 997 to 991 and, you know, 987 to 981 box to Cayman, everything seemed to jump up in price. It all got a bit more serious. Yeah. And I used to go to, because I lived in Reading at the time, so I, I'd lurk about at Porsche Centre Reading from time to time if I had an excuse to. And I remember seeing all the 991s and they were over £100,000. I thought, when when was a 911 Carrera S £100,000? Yeah. They were big money. Mine was a £101,080. Wowzers. In September 2013. Yeah. And I paid uh, £52,000, I think, yeah. for it with 30000 28 nine thousand miles on it or something so yeah huge depreciation a lot of car for the money massive massive i I remember you know handing these cars back in at the press office and thinking oh i can't wait for these cars to come down in value i can't wait obviously in that boom just after after covid i thought well that's it's never going to happen yeah but you know six months mate yeah, well, you know, this is it. I, I, I kind of feel like compared to where they were, certainly when driving them new, it, they're entering the, the realms of affordability for a lot of people, you know, for, yeah, for, yeah. for a lot of people. So that is an awful lot of car for the money. They they do have some um, foibles with things like PSE and, and the valves getting stuck open and and max you've highlighted things with dynamic engine mounts and everything yeah. else you know they're not uncommon but um a, a fantastic car and a lot of 911 for the money yeah yeah a lot of 911 for the money so so thank you for that i, I don't think we should talk too much on this podcast no. about the uh comparison that we did and 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 the intricacies of that i think we should save that for later on in the series but uh yeah yeah thank thank you for that say max it was really yeah really enjoyable and i'm really looking forward to seeing what what you turn up for total 911 magazine yeah with your writing and pictures as well yeah yeah absolutely i'm looking forward to it this podcast is endorsed by the nine works marketplace tailored for enthusiasts this is your first port of call for buying quality porsche sports cars from trusted dealers with warranty finance and independent inspections all available our car of the week this week is a beautiful 997.1 Turbo Imbasalt Black from Jonathan Franklin Cars. Quite hard to find now, this car comes with sports seats and the coveted manual gearbox with a relatively low mileage as well of just 20,000 miles on the clock. This can be yours for 74,995. Full listings available via nineworks.co.uk slash classifieds. You've you've had a barnet chop, Andy. I've had a little barnet chop. You know, ready for my trip. Yeah, sure I'm nice, presentable mate. for our American friends. You're gonna get sunburnt on your head. That's right. I've got my cap. Billy <laughs> 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 Bunter cap. Hey, proper job, proper really? job. You you I'm can't ready. wear that in California. You need a proper snapback. True. That is. Don't you? That's Boston. What are they called? Red Sox, isn't it? Yeah, wrong coast, mate. Yeah, yeah, LA Raiders. Yeah. That's what you need. Up my hat game. Have you um have you bought some new shorts, some board shorts? Have you been down to a pool surf shop to get I haven't. <laughs> no, no. I thought I was I actually while we're out there, gonna go to uh, a few little shops out there, I think, and uh, get raped with the, the exchange rate. God. I Maybe. bet in I bet in Huntington Beach, California, you'll be able to buy a t shirt or some shorts that are your livery. Yeah, probably. <laughs> With your stripes on it. I'm sure you will. Yeah, yeah, very true, very true. Um, guys, 
I've got some news. Oh, as in not some uh, a bombshell that I need to drop, uh, but just some like Porsche news generally that I think might be nice to to talk we about. We haven't done any Porsche news for a while. No, it's nice to be relevant from time to time. <laughs> I, I feel i feel um so gonna, what's going down well gonna completely ignore the elephant in the room which is like the porsche uh, initial public offering because i'm not a finance person i don't really know what it means but i think more and more <laughs> yeah. yeah just you know if it works then go for it um but you'll remember in the last episode so 25 years in 996 where i was away in europe and we mentioned on a live, I think you'd also pulled up, pulled me up on this, Andy, about the Porsche Center on Porsche Platz being oh, yes. not, knocked down and flattened. Yeah. And I mentioned how it was open in July, went back last week, and it is literally a building site. It, it blew my mind, really. Um, well, I spoke to a couple of people since uh, on the ground over there to find out what's going on. And basically, that center has been moved a 10-minute drive down the road, four kilometers down the road. Yeah. And there's a new Porsche design tower opening up in Stuttgart, very similar to the one uh, in concepts that's currently open in Miami. Oh, yeah. So it's like it is. I was right. They're building yes. bloody flats on it. So, well, no, no. So, no, this this um, this tower is opening up four kilometers down the road, Porsche design tower. And in the okay. basement or the bottom bit of it is a Porsche service center. And I think going to be a showroom as well. Oh, so, so that's, that's, that's the, the thing that's moving from that existing place down the road. Yes. So that, so, the, okay. so the Porsche Center gotcha. is going to move. Uh, the service center is going into the bottom of that Porsche design tower. tower. Which is not at Porsche Platz. It's down the road. It's, yeah, four four clicks down the road. Gotcha. And that's because in that space, and it is a big space that, that's being kind of surrendered there, they need it for uh, Taycan production. Ah. and basically increasing capacity on Porsche yeah. Platz. And as we know, we spoke about before, the one thing they haven't got in Porsche Platz is space. Yeah, yeah. So that is going. And also, very sadly, um, at work too, there's some old brick buildings, which I don't know if they have like a listed rule like they do in the UK. Yeah. Uh, ev evidently not, but um, these buildings should be listed. But in work too, there's some old brick buildings, which were the old uh, Reuter buildings oh. they're they're being knocked down as well oh. to make way for tycon production tycon that's not the yeah. the brick buildings that are always in the background it, of yeah it is yeah what yeah. those the yeah. ones the ones that are always in the background of the 917 lineup and all of that well you've got you've got some at, at work one and yeah. then you've got some at work two okay. um i'll have to find some pictures because i don't want to i don't want to say the wrong thing here but yeah those buildings which used to be yeah uh owned by uh reuter i think that's yeah. the car carrossery so bodywork yes mm -hmm. yeah. very historical um big links with porsche and whatnot and they've always remained as as kind of porsche platz has evolved over the last you know decades it's literally built up hasn't it around yeah. work too those brick buildings have always kind of remained somewhat yeah. ceremoniously but yeah they are being cold unfortunately in the name of giving more space to more modern production which ah oh, it is a shame isn't it when you knock history down you don't get it back can we go, yeah, can yeah. We go and nick a few bricks that'd be nice wouldn't it <laughs> rebuild nice. it in the in my yeah. back garden <laughs> <laughs> poor, so, poor, porsche are pretty conscious of their heritage and history though aren't they so yeah. i mean they're also conscious and cognizant of needing to make money and build more cars but 
there well, must that's be what something... it comes down to max really yeah. you know how how much do you care about your history versus you know dare i yeah. say present and and future income and everything else and you know it is a a manufacturer that's designed to make money of course above selling cars and plenty of history yeah. in the museum over the road you might you might argue yeah. But yeah. um, so that's Maybe, the that's the word on yeah. the ground from Ziffenhausen anyway from Porsche Platt. So it is all changed there, and uh, yeah, I'll let you decide if it's for the better or not. Really, yeah. Maybe yeah. it's just since uh, last week's IPO. Maybe they thought, right, we need to increase shareholder value. Let's knock that building down. <laughs> Build some more Taycans. <laughs> that that's all happened in the last six days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a real shame. Wow. A real shame. Wow. Yeah. Um, couple of other bits so uh, there is word on the street of some german uh, resto mod builders uh, getting uh, cease and desist letters from porsche um, mm-hmm. and this is quite interesting it'd be nice to kind of have a bit of discussion around this because it relates to 3d printing laws in germany mm. oh. so okay. and this is just Take reading off yes yeah, so this is just reading off the internet at the moment uh, it's a relative novelty at the moment Legal scholarly publications on the subject are scarce and case law is as yet non-existent in Germany, but it would seem Porsche nevertheless is cracking on with this. Um, So rights holders need to consider how to adapt their IP strategies in particular with regards to copyright designs and trademarks. Now, of course, that with the boom in 3D printing goes into the shape and form of objects and things and i think basically the fallout comes down to these resto modders that are putting their spin on what is essentially a porsche product are sending letters to say you can't do that because a there's a name thing but even if you're changing the name there's a form and function yeah you know there's 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 ip in in the 3d form of things so this kind of as case law or whatever is obviously really in its infancy but nevertheless, it seems yeah. the manufacturer is really kicking on. There's been a, you know, word on the street really that. Uh, well, I, I know of, of of a couple of people that have got them, yeah. um, and having to act on it. So that I think opens the floor to something that could potentially get quite messy, because you know uh, we on this very podcast have spoken with resto modders and and everything Mm. else and talks like favorably about these cars you know you start looking at things like i don't know like you know you a couple of weeks ago we talked about a load of new cars that were released at quail yeah Yeah. you know that falls directly in the firing line so where where does that buck stop where does the line stop i think that's going to be quite interesting to watch that definitely going forward to be honest yeah there are when you you said it was all german manufacturers that uh of getting these letters at the moment there's an yeah. amazing amount of german manufacturers of them isn't there yes yes uh, definitely. Like, probably get, getting up to double figures yeah oh without a doubt and the thing is i mean we've spoken about this before whereby kind of um you know that our favorite californian company that likes to reimagine things started this kind of sub-market for reimagined cars the model was proven obviously at various different price points others around the world have kind of got involved in it and that has grown into an industry in its own right now there's absolutely no getting away from that and as we we, again as we know not just 911s all sorts of porsche sports cars have have been reimagined or resto modded and whatever where yeah where where that stops i think will be quite interesting going forward we've also said that actually that could represent the 
future of sports cars because mm. if you've got a ban on internal combustion engine cars or internal combustion engines in new vehicles from 2030 mm -hmm. well if you're resto modding an old car albeit with new technology is that a way to kind of sidestep you know yeah, yeah. legislation is that yeah. is, is that the route we're going to go down where you can drive that car you've always wanted albeit with modern technology but it has an older chassis number so it's not a new car yeah really that, interesting yeah yeah and yeah. I, I just you know walk in a I basically don't want to get done for any sort of slander or anything at this stage i'm just saying it appears that this sort of stuff is going on and it'll be interesting to see where it goes mm. yeah it'll be interesting won't it to see when it emerges um who the firms are that have had these cease and desist and to see what their product is because there's yeah. some precedent isn't there in with other manufacturers uh going after people who are doing things like what they call tool room copies and things like that yeah. you know sort of like continuations but not you know really faithful replicas tool room copies and things like that and people i think maybe jaguar i've stopped yeah. some people doing doing it and other manufacturers as well so i guess 3d printing uh opens up the ability to do really accurate uh copies or faithful reproductions or whatever you want to call it yeah in a more easily and scalable fashion yeah um so depending on what people are making if they're trying to make something that's a bit too like the original product then maybe that's a problem yeah, yeah. flying too close to the ointment and, and, yeah. and that's it you know it's certainly not for us to I have that I, opinion or I wear that opinion as to yeah. where, where that line is obviously yeah. it's not our trademark but i personally yeah. wonder how many of these companies are actually making a profit I, th I wonder how many are like passion projects, you know, all of these different guys that are, you know, trying to reinvent stuff. I wonder how many are actually making a, a good solid profit from it and how much of it is just somebody who's got a huge passion to do it. Um, yeah, I just feel yeah, I that yeah. it's such a big task, but massive. And, and it's difficult again for when, you know, your company is quite embryonic yeah you know 10 years down the line you might be able to understand the cost of things but obviously in the last two years costs of parts yeah, crazy, materials yeah. everything has gone mental so it's quite difficult i think to put a solid business case together that would say it's going to cost this but then of course what a lot of people do is just pass on costs to the customer yeah so if the you know like the price of the base car like a lot of people say well it's this is the cost plus the base car and yeah. obviously if you if you hand over a bad base car that needs a hell of a lot of work to it to get rid of a load of rust well that has to be added on because that takes time to get to a decent base to then build your resto mod or whatever yeah, it is yeah you know? yeah yeah so um, i wonder if there's anything like um you know because 3d printing being so clever and you know opening up the ability to make so much stuff if there's a line between um starting with a shonky 911 and doing it up and actually manufacturing yeah i know what you're saying 3d printing too yeah. much of yeah. the car so yeah. you become a builder of a porsche rather than that's a restorer what, of a that's interesting isn't it? because most of the most of the reimaginers have started off as a guy in their garage you know r restoring their own car and then they've grown from that and they you know they've become oh let's do it for a friend let's do it for somebody's somebody's mate's mate and it gets bigger and bigger. Yeah. I would think quite a few companies have sort of grown from from just being, you know, somebody doing a restoration on a car with a yeah. few extra bits and bobs on it.
It's interesting, yeah. isn't it? And with yeah. the 911, as as I understand it, I'm not sure if it's a trademarking or copywriting or where each of those things it comes into, but it's not just about uh, typeface and logos and words. It's about shapes and silhouettes and things, isn't it? Because the 911 is so iconic. And I think, you know, Porsche has, you know, all sorts of, you know, things that it feels very, um, you know, that it wants to defend or protect quite closely, not just words, but shapes too. Yeah. Yeah. So interesting, Um, complicated. Absolutely. Um, Talking of um, reimagined, there was a car in Total 911 a couple of months ago, which I always want to call the Ted Danson for some reason. It's called the Tedson. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know that car? Yeah. The Daydream by Tedson. Yeah. Yeah. By Tedson. What's your personal thoughts on it? Have you got any, or do you want to? I don't. I would, from? <laughs> uh, no, no, quite happy to yeah, give an opinion. Um, I think the headlight's too big on the front. Yeah. Um, you know, you've melded. Is it essentially like a 993? I can't actually remember if I'm honest. Like well, the, 993 the body with 992 def- lights or something? Yeah, the one I've seen today is actually 993 based, but okay. I thought their previous ones were 964, but I could be totally wrong. Okay, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's 964 and 993 size, but yeah, it's yeah. got 993 one or 992 headlights effectively on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think like, I don't know, styling wise, it's so subjective and, you know, you or I are not more qualified to say that's great or that's rubbish than the next person or certainly yeah. the people that have built it. It's their vision. I think what interests me is the engineering side and how that correlates to how it feels in the seat, Yeah, h- how it drives, you know, and I think especially w- – and it is this is a great question, Andy, because, you know, modern technology has shown that things can be changed quite easily. So if you're not liking something, especially design wise, that can be changed. What's really hard to get right is that X factor of a car in terms of how it feels and how it's it feel. drives. Yeah. So if it's bang on. Happy days, like, you know, so I'd, I'd like to get out and drive it. I think they're Croatia based and there's some they lovely are, yes. driving yeah. roads in Croatia. Mm, uh, yeah. Book a mountain, I think I've probably butchered or anglicized that, but um that's that's a standout one so look yeah maybe yeah. we can make that happen i don't know yeah cool. what were your thoughts uh i'm not a lover of the styling no no <laughs> just not quite right in my eyes and that's my opinion mm. um, yeah yeah not 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 my bag not my bag no my bag. have you seen it um i don't Max? think i have i can't think or i can't think in my mind's eye yeah, but I'm gonna I reckon you'd know it you'd know it if you've seen it Look out for the Ted Danson. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fairly conclusive. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. Are we done on Porsche news? Uh, well, yes. Yeah, so we've got a bit of Nineworks news, and this is a double header. Um, and this is going to be news that relates to our Patreons uh, and of which they will not have heard as yet. So as you know, um, listening at home, we have a group of Patreons that very kindly support this podcast. And yeah, it's something that max and andy and i are forever grateful of because it's something that people choose to do we don't necessarily ask people to do Um, and it just allows us to do some extra things and as we spoke about on last week's podcast allows us to go the extra mile to get certain people on a podcast or to just put a little bit more effort in rather than just get somebody on and ask them to tell us their life story from start to finish we really try and package these so we are grateful of that and and we're always keen to give back to those people um so we've got two things to announce the first one is obviously two weeks ago we had a segment of a chat with norbert singer 
on the podcast. And I know the quality wasn't amazing. It was quite, quite difficult to secure that, but um, that was condensed into like a 14 minute chat, wasn't it boys? Yeah. yeah. And what we'd like to do is make that full 60 minute interview. And there is 60 minutes of absolute gold in that interview from the father of group C, no less. We'd like to make that full interview available to our Patreons. So our lovely guys and girls that support us and, and we'll put a, a link in the WhatsApp group when this podcast drops to that full interview. So you can have a listen because it is gold. I can, I can do gold. it out onto the Patreon group as well because not everybody's in the WhatsApp group. Okay, fine. Absolutely yeah. fine. Um, you know, that will not be shown anywhere else. I won't put it on YouTube for the general public. That's something for us to say, Patreons, thank you. We appreciate that. And also yep. as a second bit of news, uh, Nine Works in the Marketplace, we're going to be doing some things to change that and open that up to a few more people because at the moment, currently, um, we've kind of kept, we've been careful who we've worked with in the last year, very careful to protect the brand, particularly while it's so young. We're over a year now and I'm looking to expand that while protecting the quality, uh, particularly with regards to the marketplace. And uh, so, yeah, look, we want to be able to say to Patreons that so long as you are a Patreon, you can sell your car online via Nineworks for free, or at least advertise it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's something that we want to roll out. And and again, like it's, I'm always kind of keen to, uh, yeah, protect uh, quality and integrity and everything else. And as I say, that's why we've worked with certain specialists whose uh, reputation and standards have been upheld for for a long, long time, certainly as long as I've been in the Porsche world last 10 years, but obviously beyond that as well. So that is important. And obviously we know all of our Patreons and therefore I feel it's appropriate to say, look, Patreons, so long as you are a patron of this podcast, you can advertise your cars for sale, if you wish, on Nineworks for free. And we'll hand out some more details privately about that. But it's just another little perk to say, look, guys and girls, thank you. We really appreciate what you're doing for us. Yeah. Brilliant. I think that's and great. I will Both be making sure there's no clangers in amongst that lot. <laughs> <laughs> I will be vetting. Yes. Yes, exactly. Brooks that. quality control. Yes, indeed. That's ideal. Yeah. Ideal. Yeah, those, those, those things sound brilliant. I mean, Norbert Singer, he's such an awesome guy, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, you know, you might think I'm I'm biased because of my, you know, I'm predisposed to anything relating to Group C. But if you're interested in Porsches or engineering, you just got to listen to the things that that man has to say. He's absolutely fascinating. I love him. Yeah, oh, without <laughs> a doubt. And do you know what? Just after that podcast as well, I think you kind of appreciate that era of history, certainly myself, a little bit more. And um, being at the museum's storage facility last week, serendipitously, oh, yes. really, after that podcast was was kind of released. And just seeing those cars up close and taking in the kind of nuances between 956 and 962 that, again, never really appreciated before yeah. was quite something. And, and we put a video up, Andy, you put it up on our social media of literally being able to rock a 962 just with your single hand just easily as if it was just like a shopping just trolley. Featherweight, yeah. Amazing. Unbelievable. Yeah, and check out the um, Instagram post that I did um, it's got the wheel, the fan, turbo fan wheel, and there's a number of um, pictures there and that video that Lee's talking about. Ideal. Yeah, yeah. that's good stuff. Um, talking of last week's um, episode, so the 996 episode, I was wondering if um, you might want to do a uh, history correction. <laughs> on our you had your uh, red pen out Lee? how long have you got boys <laughs> yeah, what, what, did, what did we get right 
No, um, uh, no, I think, look, 10 out of 10 for effort. <laughs> yeah, for effort. Ge- genuinely, genuinely proud dad moment. I, I actually, I listened to that podcast because it was all about you guys. And I thought, you know, how, how many kind of instances of Sly 996 bashing are we going to have to put up with? There wasn't a lot. I think there was, I heard the odd snigger. No. No, I did hear the no, odd there snigger. was no snigger. There was no snickers. <laughs> but no, genuinely, I, I thought, particularly from um, two people who are, you know, not opposed to that generation, but it's it's not top of the list with regards to like favorite Porsches and whatnot. Yeah. I thought it was really commendable that you approached that with the right mentality and just gave um, an honest review of what the 996 is. Does that make sense? And you know, yeah. there were there were bits historically that you know, but that's that weren't quite fine. right. I, yeah, broad broadly, it's it's absolutely bang on. And good, uh, good, yeah, like I say, good. proud dad moment because the application <laughs> to that was was superb. So so well done, boys. <laughs> good, thank you. And how was the rest of your trip back? All good? Yeah, it was good. It was different. Um, so yeah, I said we got slow car and 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 roof to drive the SCR. I didn't drive the roof, uh, oh. which was absolutely devastating there's i'm sure they won't mind me saying but this was the scenario that we kind of faced with so they have to get certain things to uv approved because the first production car is about to go out yeah so there was a different exhaust on the car for, for for that or something to do with that and basically when we turned up i was allowed to drive the car but couldn't take it above like three and a half k yeah and that's not why i was there you know i'm not there to pose with the car i'm there to do a road test so i said well that kind of won't work um so we're kind of looking to do something whereby i'll go out for the day and do something which i'll I'll do whatever it takes to get in in that car i've literally been hustling for three years (laughs) now since prior to covid uh, to do it so i will but we did do something else really cool that um is going to make for a really cool youtube video and it's showing how uh roof's uh, carbon monocoque is made from start to finish oh cool that looks good which were yeah is amazing and uh, like it's so light that like the entire like carbon body for example you can pick up with one hand the whole body and it's it's amazing and like the engineering that goes into it what was really cool as well was walking around the production line and it kind of takes it back to the good old days and i mean that in a really kind of positive way it's not like a yeah. new just in time production line it was yeah. where cars are on stands being assembled by hand and there were some lovely ctrs in production i'm not really allowed to talk about the spec of those or whatever because that's not found the owners but yeah. some amazing colors amazing yeah amazing specs and they are just the most phenomenal car and and such a wonderful business i mean people forget roof really at its core is a family business. It is, isn't it? Absolutely. That competes yeah. and has done for years. Punch way, way, way. Yeah, above. It's, it's a family business, and it's pretty old school in the way it does a lot of stuff as well. Yeah, it is, and, and like you know, the the big thing, and, and we will do more. I've asked if Aloise would come on this podcast, so let's yeah. let's see where that goes because there's a real story to be told there. But you have to remember with roof and this is in difference to the other people you might traditionally put within the same sphere as those Mm -hmm. particularly those of the last 10 years that have kind of sprung about you know roof all right that it does produce some modifications for cars but at its core especially these days it doesn't modify 911s roof makes roof cars yeah you know they're they're carbon monocoque uh, they're tubular framed they might take visual inspiration from a 911 yeah 
but they are cars. They are sports cars in their own right. And that comes from a company that has around 80 employees. Yeah. Makes 50 cars a year. So yeah, re- like, yeah I, yeah, I I love it. I love it. And I love them and I can't wait to get back out there. But the long answer to the short question, Andy is no, I didn't try this. <laughs> <laughs> How was tech art? Didn't go. Um, so oh. yeah, roof was delayed. You didn't get me any bits then. Unfortunately not. No. Um, yeah. Yeah, that that was a shame. So the 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 roof appointment was delayed by twenty four hours, which meant yeah. we had to move things around, which means we didn't get there, which oh. was a real shame. Um, can't wait to visit again soon, is what I will yeah. say. Uh, but driving back from you know pretty much Munich is where roof is uh, all the way home in just over a day was no mean feat. And I have Absolutely. to say, and I know you know people will get bored of me saying this and being an unknown six evangelist, but all I want to say is because all the cars on that road trip performed exceptionally and without fault. There were two tire punctures, but that can happen to any car, you know, all without fault. Yeah, and it just made me realise Ali and I again, Snapper Ali on Instagram photographer. He he was with us, and we were talking about it. And really, if you own a nine eleven of any vintage. The bottom line is you have to do a European trip, particularly if you're UK and Ireland based, because the cars take on a different character over there mm-hmm. and things just make sense more. Um, our roads here are lumpy and bumpy. They're horrible. You know, if you're in an MO30 suspension car, it can be pretty miserable. It, you know, and all the rest of it, if you've got PAM, um, you know, PASM sport chassis on a, on a newer 911, you know, that can be a bit miserable. Over there, billiard table smooth roads, the continent is made for driving cars and the way the 911 is constructed is it can be a GT car and it can be a sports car, you know, and just everything seems to make a bit more sense than what it does in the UK. You can only go 70 mile an hour max on the road, etc. on the autobahn, my 996 sitting for minute after minute, after minute, after minute, a mile after mile, after mile in triple figures no problem and that's when you start to go okay yeah the long gearing makes sense now and it's nice to have the sixth speed that was obviously introduced from the 993 onwards and you drive a day through the continent you jump out of that car and it wasn't a chore you 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 feel fine you know and 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 i think any particularly 903 onwards where the 903 had a, a a more fastidious application to nvh yeah and six speed, I think definitely helps. I think a nine, six, four before that with a five speed might be a bit more of a workout, but the point is if a nine, nine, six can do something like that, then any nine eleven can do it. So I really do employ you. If you listen to this at home thinking, oh, maybe I'd, I'd quite like to see how that car goes. Honestly, it will cast a whole new light on your sports car. Yeah. 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 Talk about bonding with a car. Definitely. That's just fantastic. The car definitely. loves it as well. It's good for the car. Yeah, it does. Genuinely, on the autobahn, pushing on, my car was running cooler. You know, it's like it's good for it because I yeah. love this. I'm home. I love it. Yeah. You know, yeah. and after doing that, you know, yeah, we did you're just... making me either want to sell my 911 or move to Europe. <laughs> well, yeah. What, <laughs> one, what, one, what, what one's cheaper? Yeah. It depends what the pound's doing. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> genuinely, we, we were coming back. We got onto the, so we were 2,000 miles in, just shy of, got onto the M25. And this is my point, you know, the 996, the 997, even the 991, as we found out today, Max, they're really engaging. And where people have said, and I've my opinion in the past with the 992 has been, it is a very good rounded sports car, but I don't think you can get away from the fact it is now very skewed in favour of GT rather than sports car. 
-hmm. you have to be really taking the mickey to start peeling those layers back and find that quintessential 911 sports car it's so well naturally balanced now you know computers and everything do a lot for you with, with the older stuff you can unlock it straight away but it doesn't mean that its touring credentials are compromised yeah. that's the big takeaway you know and so we came home we were driving around the m25 and a 992 c2s went past and i said to ali and i, and I really mean this if you offered me that car for free in exchange for my car i wouldn't take it i would not take it honest to god that car this week performed so well and so admirably and gave me everything I could possibly want from my 911 experience. There's nothing that 992 can give me from that experience that I couldn't get with my 911. He's, wow. like, a of, he's like a bit of rock, isn't he? If you cut him, <laughs> 996 in the no, middle but, of him. But, 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 this, but this is my point, and I, I don't, you know, oh, it's 996. But my point is the 996 is chastised. So, if the 996 can do it and it can yeah, do it yeah. admirably, any 911 can do it. So if you're listening to this, doesn't have to be a 996, could be a 997, could be Andy or 903, whatever. Go to Europe, do it, and, and you will yeah. unlock new things and you will appreciate that the 911 is at its heart a German car built for Germany. Yeah. 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 I mean, I was joking earlier on today, wasn't I, about getting out of a... Uh... 992 into my 997 and smoking down the dual carriageway home and thinking that the windscreen was about to pop out because <laughs> the MBH was so, you know, so much better in the 992. Um, and, and that was, that was an interesting moment, but you know, I've done um, Northern Italy to Reading in a day in my 997 quite a few times over the years. And I'd always get out at the other end. And I think I've probably written about it in my, in my column in T911. I, I never expected the 997 to be such a good mile muncher. That's not why I yeah. bought it, but I started doing these big trips in it and it never ceased to amaze me. So I'd be doing 900 miles. It's about 900 miles back from where we go in Italy to where I live in Reading. I'd yeah. get out at the end of the day. I'd be like, right, it's rain. Yeah. It just, it just eats it up. It's brilliant. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and that's it. That's, that's exactly it. So food for thought anyway, regardless, you know, whatever vintage you're, 911 or even Porsches on the drive you know it's real food for thought but I implore you to to do the trip and and I'm sure we'll be doing a nine works road trip to the continent next year I, I can pretty much guarantee it so maybe hang tight for some news on that but regardless plan it not get out there a night in the museum and not yeah no, what a great idea you know, <laughs> listen, listening back to that last week with, with your idea Max fantastic idea love that <laughs> love it yeah cool. for that yeah nice um i got a bit of news my uh my car that i want has come up for sale this week yes oh talk talk murano green 964 targa no 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 it's a coupe okay uh non-sunroof um got a few rs bits and bobs on it i was like oh look at it look at it it's amazing it's really uh, for nice. sale in germany only one hundred and ten thousand pounds Hundred ten thousand pounds for a nice well, small coupe. Yeah, hundred ten thousand euros. It's pounds now, and it? it's the same. That's about two hundred uh, grand now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, never mind. So yeah, it's come up for sale, but yeah, there's no way that I can uh, can't can't stretch that far. <laughs> it really does Keep look looking. nice, though. Yeah, do I need, sent you. Do you need a three bedroom house? That's what I'd say to that. I hope Sarah's not listening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think we do. Yeah. Do you? <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> 
yeah, think so, you should get it. Go. It sounds Keep like looking. a really nice car as well. It does, doesn't it? It's got a lot of miles on it, though. Uh, 189,000 kilometres. So, you know, hundred barely, barely broken in. Yeah. Uh, it's had an engine rebuild. Um, it's had paint. It is originally a Murano um, green car, but it's had paint. It's been refreshed. Yeah. Uh, it's got RS uh, pole positions, RS seat, uh, door cards and stuff like that. Yeah. Back seat stuff. Thing yeah. is, Andy... If you buy it for 110k yeah. and you drive it for a year and then sell it for 110k, did it yeah. ever cost 110k in the first place? Oh, this is true, but I don't think it's worth 110k. Do you? Uh, what's your What's your opinion, guys? Well, I think this... not. I think there's a lot of heat in 964s, as, as we spoke about before. Yeah. It's, a num- yeah. it's a numbers game, but as a as a driving proposition, is it worth four nine nine sevens? Yeah, I don't think so. No, no. Uh, okay. All right. My, we'll put that one to bed then. Well, my my spin Lee was that Andy's got his piggy bank full of money to do work on the house. My theory was in the nine six four, it might appreciate more than it will in the piggy bank. So you might as well buy the nine six four for hundred and ten grand, and that turns into a hundred and twenty grand house fund when he sells it. Maybe. I love this. It's it's the same as <laughs> Man, it's Max. the same as it's the same as pub talk. Like Andy's going to get off this and go, yeah, it's done. I'm going to blow my savings on this car in Germany. Basically, it's done. It's done. <laughs> nuts, nuts. <laughs> then we can all go out and get it. We can all drive out with you and get it. Yeah. Quality. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Right. Should we talk about uh, what we come to talk about today? Yes. Yeah. We probably order. Yeah, we've been blabbering. Sorry for all the blabbering, good good fellow listeners. What's the topic um, for today? Well, it started off as a as a, a earworm I had going around in my head about the an earworm, like the nine nine one Carrera T. Yeah, I was thinking about how that is being uh, or has been reassessed since it came out. I think it's probably fair to say. And uh, and people really like it, and we talk about it, and uh, we've all looked at them. I've looked at them, get quite revved up about it. Yeah. And I was wondering because I quite like uh, going back to nine nine twos. I like nine nine twos. I was wondering about that motor, you know, the three liter turbo motor. And I was thinking, when people are getting juiced up about the Carrera T, nobody ever says, "Yeah, but it's got that yeah. three liter motor in it that we don't like." You know, that motor gets destroyed in every other application apart from the Carrera T. So I thought, so what is it about the Carrera T that makes it so bloody brilliant that nobody cares about the motor that they hate in every other application? So that was something I was wondering about. And that then made us think about other underrated Porsches that need a bit of championing. So I think that's where we got to. So what what are we calling this? The underdogs or under underachievers when new? underachievers at school (laughs) i i think and this is the beauty of looking at the marketplace and and the fluctuations that happen to different models over time is you you always you know if one model goes up and and it explodes in value well others are left behind and you go well how does that make sense yeah for example you know so these fluctuations always give you different underdogs and actually a car that could be monetarily overrated could then become underrated in a few years time yeah. for example you know and and to be honest the carrera t max is a fantastic example of that because when it came out a lot of people didn't get it myself included financiers didn't really know where to place the car 
like and i think we spoke about this ages ago on the podcast you know it was the the numbers for a gts were a lot more friendly than a carrera t of the same sticker price because Mm, finance companies were able to confidently place where they think that GTS is going to be valued at in five years time. The Carrera T was a complete unknown entity. Got uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. So that's, that. that's, that's interesting. That's probably what gave the early life of it. Then a real sort of hard time in people not buying them because they, yeah, the finance just didn't work out. Yeah. And, but then also gotcha. like gotcha. added, added to that, you have to consider it of its time. So it, we were still in the throes of the 991.2 generation. And the GTS at that point obviously was well established as a sub brand, a really strong, desirable sub brand yeah. within Porsche. And then this Carrera T came along that didn't have big breaks. It was the Bogo Carrera. It had almost seen as superficial changes, like it didn't have a short shift. The shift yeah. was stubbier. So it was a bit of a lukewarm thing. But then obviously, under the march of time, the 992 came out, a car that got quite big and bulbous and it was wide bodied now and all of a sudden the Carrera T was the last ever narrow bodied 911 that in itself I think takes on quite a lot of significance yeah um as as an example and then again the base Carrera in a 992 is PDK only still is to this day yeah until until the 992 Carrera T surfaces so do you reckon that's coming without a doubt the, the yeah. Carrera T as we've seen all the T sub lineage is, is kind yeah. of already growing you know they've bought out you know, farty cars like the McCanty, which I personally think <laughs> yeah, it does yeah. does the brand no favors yeah, whatsoever. Yeah, no yeah. favors, ridiculous, utter marketing tripe. But the <laughs> Carrera hold back, T, mate. Don't hold back. <laughs> why not? It's my opinion. But yeah. you know, the, the, but the, the Carrera T is a bit of a different entity. And actually, you know, the Boxster T and Cayman T is a nice approach to that philosophy yeah. as well, you know. So again, the fact that Carrera T represents an entry level, so low powered engine that you can get a lot of fun and engagement from on the public road with a manual gearbox, you can't get that currently with the base Carrera. So that sure. all of a sudden for the, for the driving enthusiast becomes a fantastic proposition. Yeah. D- does the fact that they based it on the non-S Carrera, so a lower output, so I guess less because the it, the power comes from the turbos, I guess. So if it has less lag, does it feel more normally aspirated because you don't get a big kick from the turbo? Is that a thing? Mm. Well, I, I, I see think, what you're saying. Yeah. yeah, and it's a valid point. I think that engine anyway is a, is a bit of a, I don't know, maybe a work of art is too strong. But when you traditionally think of turbocharged 911s, i.e. the 911 turbo, you think of lag, maximum power, and just, yeah, relentless, relentless torque. Um, and a very wide power band, but actually the the turbocharged Carreras, the way they've been engineered, chiefly for the fact they're smaller turbos, they rev a bit higher for a start. But again, the power delivery is comparatively to a you know punch in the throat turbo, something where it builds more. It does reward you for eking the revs out and taking it high. And there is a bit more of a soundtrack, as we know. Yeah. compared to it compared to a turbo so it's a very different approach to turbocharging yeah i mean i have to admit i i haven't experienced it in a 991.2 but i have in a 992 and what the first time i drove a 992 uh afterwards all the stuff i was thinking about was all positive and none of it was to do with the motor and i don't mean that in a negative way i mean that in a positive way because mm-hmm. i didn't spend any time in that car thinking i don't like this, oh, this motor yeah. 
I just in just loved the car. I mean, it was a really sweet spec car. It was a you know it was that it was a press car, but um, you know when everyone's down on the turbo motor, I think back to my experiences and I think I thought it's right. <laughs> I didn't have a problem with it at all. Yeah, it's yeah. purist, isn't it? It's, it? Yeah, but and that's it. But it's in context in comparison to what you know. Yeah, yeah, you know, and and also like yeah, what came before. Yeah, you know, it's similar. Everyone knows Guns and Roses was better when Slash was in it. <laughs> do, do, do you know what I mean? It's the same the same sort of thing. You know, in isolation, yeah, fantastic, and and it is brilliant. And the other thing with the Carrera T is finding the right spec. Yeah. So as we know, we spoke about it over lunch today, Max, with with Ryan, that there are plenty of Carrera T's out there for sale that are PDK, glass roof, rear axle steer, and the seats put back in. Yeah. You know, it, that and comfort seats, you know, you you however, and that is a, the complete kind of um antithesis really as to what a Carrera T should be about. Yeah. Again, in my it, humble opinion, you know. In some so, ways it shouldn't have been available with those options should it yeah agreed it should, <laughs> so that yeah, people it could had, ruin it <laughs> exactly it should be like the old yeah. days four options you know but yeah, like a yeah. proper driver's carrera t is carbon buckets rear seat delete manual tin top yeah. yeah passive axle and so you know the the difference i mean that is a totally different 911 from one to the other totally different mm. so i think that's where it kind of struggled and possibly is to a, an extent where it still struggles a bit today because you know, it's a Carrera T name, water. but it's yeah. Yeah. it's the wrong car. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've, I mean, I've, I've looked at them because when I bought my car, you know, you upsell yourself when you're looking at cars, ain't you? Quite easily. Um, and I've got, I thought, God, I wonder if I might be able to afford a Carrera T. So I looked at them quite a lot. I looked at the market, and there are more, uh, if you like, GTS spec T's than there are T spec T's um, generally for sale. And I think part of the appeal. Uh, for me, and perhaps why I reassessed it at that point, was the right tea is quite an, uh, like it's a real geek fest, isn't it? Yeah, it is. You know, I you know the idea of having um, GT2 RS lightweight glass. You know, who I mean, really, who who really cares about it? Well, I do. I think that's quite cool. Right? <laughs> yeah, you yeah, know, full on geek. Yeah, I'd I'd love to stand in the Aikman car park on a Sunday and tap that with my phone <laughs> and say, yeah, that's you know, and. Uh, <laughs> And the carbon buckets, you know, to get those factory fitted in a car that I can afford, that's pretty cool. The yeah. idea of that is pretty cool, as it turns out, I couldn't afford it. But, you know, you get where I'm coming from. It, it's a, it could be a real geek fest car, and that's yeah. quite appealing for me. Yeah. So why do you think it's underrated then? Well, I think based largely on the way that it was initially received, uh, you know, it got quite a lukewarm response my recollection of the way that it was received was it was written up for everything that it wasn't rather yeah. ever, rather than everything that it was yeah really so you know it was kind of when you were consuming that kind of information it made it difficult to sort of understand really what it meant yeah um yeah that's my that's that's sort of my view but then so it was then when it started to be reassessed that it then came back on my radar and i thought okay now maybe now i understand it yeah um but as a consumer of information i had to wait for that reassessment to come through to help my own understanding yeah 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 definitely like you say the the, the variance in spec is i think a big factor in that because 
you know, we checked today market values between it was 70 and 80K. I think James Bullen, a Nomad's patron, who was also around the, the lunch table, had a look. 79 and 89 it was, I think. That's it. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that's right. Big yeah. pardon. So, yeah, they, they, they were the gateposts. And, you know, that, that really was, you know, an overlap with GTS. Yeah. And, you know, again, with GTS, yeah. well-established car, admittedly, you can get a GTS in Coupe Cab Targa, rear or four-wheel drive. Targa's obviously four-wheel drive only, but manual PDK. There are lots of variances, but again, it's an established, strong sub-brand. I think the the remit for a Carrera T and its real merit is quite slim. It's mm. almost, it should at its core appeal to those who want maybe a modern-day club sport. Yeah. You know, in its most pure form, you know, you can take out the the PCM unit or the aircon, save 20 kilos and stuff. But if you just want a, a Sunday black car that's really rewarding, that's yeah. a fantastic proposition if yeah. you can find one. Yeah. A lot of them aren't like that. But if, you know, if there's an element of um, poster car dream realisation in your 911 purchase, then GTS, wide body, centre lock wheels, yeah. you know, GTS is a very compelling proposition isn't it and if you're comparing the two you know you've got to you've got to really understand and appreciate what the right t carrera t is offering you to choose one over a, a gts because you know gts has looked amazing yeah agreed yeah and that's it versus a, a carrera t that specwise is a little bit lost you know if you if you if you take the edit's core the carrera t and a gts i think if you do if you're very like hardcore road driver that's all you do is you want a fun engaging car that's not going to get you into trouble on the road a carrera t is a fantastic proposition you know the right power the white right brakes the right levels of engagement with what it offers if you even want to do two or three track days or you know three or four whatever track days in a year i think the gts might be the better option just with things like the bigger brakes i, I think that's kind of where it comes down to yeah but again, dodgy specs can kind of muddy the water a little bit with yeah. with that concept, you know. Yeah. But let, let's open it up. Like, what what other underrated Porsches within our sphere do you think fall under the same sort of umbrella as the T? Well, I think we just mentioned the sort of almost the granddad of them all, isn't there? The club sport. When that, you know, I'm sure that went through the the sort of 1980s as a pretty much a Carrera T nobody really knew what it was or or what the relevance of it was it was sort of it's just a bit of a hidden sub-brand wasn't it yeah it's a great shout andy brooks cheaper to buy or cheaper list price than an entry-level carrera off the time three two carrera wow i mean and what a car that is i mean that that, i'd say that's in my top five carreras club sport Yeah. yeah yeah that's a great shout andy brooks a great shout yeah maybe because it doesn't have that ren sport badge it's not as highly revered as perhaps it should be yeah 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 did, did it have um i'm not sure if it was even published as as having more power did it didn't it didn't it just have a sort of blueprinted 3-2 in it so yeah it was just a really fit 3-2 um, yeah so again that makes something difficult to understand doesn't it you think oh, okay what's what's the difference between these two cars it was it all about lightness wasn't it with the engine it was um it had did it have sodium filled valves or something like that special something special about the valves so the, the valve that. train was very lightweight um so they revved up easier um i think there's some other few bits in the engine but there's no headline like yeah you know it's 300 and more horsepower you know it was no there's none of that was pretty there. much yeah same horsepower but you yeah there's no sort of uh or 
majorly quicker, not to 60. It's more about the feel of the car. And I think that's a bit like the Carrera T. It's more what you feel when you're driving it rather than yeah. headline some, figures. Definitely. The sum of its parts. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. I wonder, I wonder what the motivation was behind the 3-2 Club Sport. Was it a, was it a run-out special? It was quite late point. in 3-2 production, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, but it wasn't super late, so I wouldn't say so. Um, I, yeah. I'm not actually sure, to be honest. Let's do a bit of research on that and come back to listeners next week, because I think it's, okay. it's important we cross this off. But, um, yeah, you know, again, like quirky application to weight saving. We've said before, you know, removing only the passenger sun visor and not... But yeah, yeah, for obvious reasons. But anyway, you know, um, the uh, electric seats are removed. I think. Yeah. Um, headlight washers removed. Yeah, <laughs> lots of things like that, wasn't it? Stickers yeah. rather than uh, you know metal badges, etc. So just all like really small, really quirky yeah. stuff. But again, yeah, like it's a bit like the nine nine six GT three RS on paper is the same power output, but actually they've yeah probably blueprinted and eked out a few more horses than, than yeah. Porsche would perhaps care to let on. And yeah. fabric seats rather than leather and That's stuff like it. that. Yeah, I, I love yeah. the pinstripe seats. Yeah, yeah pinstripe. they're amazing, aren't they? Love them, yeah. 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 You know, and, and you, you can imagine in, you know, the late 80s, if you were going into, you know, Lancaster Porsche to spec your 911, you know, you might justifiably be looking at, a you know, a nice metallic 3.2 with uh, leather, you know, piped, uh you know oh, a bit of red, and all that red, sort of thing yeah. and looking at a club sport a white club sport with pinstripe seats you might think yeah oh, no that's not for me uh, um you know and that's understandable isn't it so yeah again a different just like the t difficult car to place yes. at the time yes yeah definitely uh, what do you guys think of the um rs america have you he's had an ex- experience of one and you know is, does that car. does that come into the same Possibly. fold in some ways as this possibly yes yeah that had uh that had four options yeah we, we talk about low low number of options yeah that had four i think there were 701 of those made worldwide and again right. that the list price was less than a 964 carrera yeah and, and it was built to satisfy demand in the u.s because the u.s were obviously robbed of the 2.7 rs and yeah. were going to be robbed of the 964 rs so it was a way to kind of appease that wasn't it yeah i think it's quite cool i i think um again like from what i've seen a lot of those cars have been heavily tracked over the years and, and yeah cages put in and everything else but as, as a proposition i think that's a seriously cool and a seriously quirky car yeah you, have you driven one no no never no. never i wonder i might try and get to see one next week see yeah, what yeah uh, that'd be cool yeah I know uh, Drew from Cool Collective has got one. He's got a red, uh, guards red one. Wicked. I'll yeah. see if I can hook up with him and yeah, have a look at it. Yeah. Yeah. Again, just interesting, quirky, you know, it's, it's, it's RS. Yeah. But it's not the RS. But it's kind of not. It. Yeah. You know, it really tail, is like, it's just example, like a club you know? sport really, yeah. isn't it? The club sport version of the 964. Because you say it's got the whale tail. Yeah. Um, had lots of bits removed to make it lighter yeah um but the engine was pretty much a 964 i believe not not yeah. you know not not definitely not an rs um engine yeah um i don't think there was much done on the chassis really i don't know yeah i i don't know i just feel like it comes into the same sort of realm as the as the club sport definitely in some ways 
Yeah, definitely. And it's funny how, you know, only 701 made, albeit for North America, but that's a, a large and, and, and important territory for Porsche. Yeah. But, you know, maybe the low numbers might do it a bit of a favor in the modern age. Yeah. You know, take away a third because allegedly only 70% of all Porsches are still on the road. Yeah. Although, as the old adage goes, 90% of stats are wrong. <laughs> but uh you know yeah but you know yes yeah, so, you know give or take already that lops a couple of hundred off yeah you know yeah. of those that are in a good condition i think if you can find a really good condition 964 rsa in any regard whether it's an amazing car or not it's a really cool quirky piece of porsche history goes without yeah. saying yeah i think yeah, when we go to rensport reunion next year Lee, we ought to be able to get get you into one of those oh that'd be great wouldn't it that'd be great yeah, fun. i'm sure we can arrange that yeah i did see one at a dealer once and no joke almost the entirety of the circumference of the steering wheel was held together with tape <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was in a real bad way and again like the seat was held together with with, with tape black tape yeah. but um i'm sure i saw one being advertised the last couple of weeks in the uk actually oh okay yeah been imported into the uk at some point i'm sure it was advertised somewhere but yeah nice where you better look it out yeah definitely definitely that's a great chat on that um yeah any others boys for yeah underrated porsches i've got one i'm going to champion an underdog here based on some my own personal experience which is limited but this was significant i'm going to champion the flat four seven one eight boxster stroke cayman oh go on tough so, sell tough sell. Yeah, it, is, it is a tough sell you know it got panned on top gear it gets you know universally panned and i i ended up driving one for a week and after my first day in it i was panning it myself i actually thought there was something wrong with it it was making all sorts of funny noises the one i had was a boxster so i had the top down a lot so you you know you're quite close to the action it was making some strange noises i thought i don't like this at all don't like this at all um and five days later, I thought the thing was bloody fantastic. Really, really enjoyable. It's got a whole, um, you know, voice of its own, you know, that four-cylinder engine. You know, I love a six-cylinder as much as the next man. You know, I try to make sure all the cars on our driveway are six cylinders. You know, that's been my aim. So, you know, I'm totally into that. Um, but I grew to really love that car and I was really really sad to get it back even though I was buying I was picking up my new to me McCann as part of that process but I thought you know the performance of the car was amazing and its own sound was you know engaging and interesting and enjoyable and lovable as well okay. you know I, I I I really liked it I would have I not sounding convinced are we Lee now, well, again, it goes back to something we said last series. So the Sibley acid test for true appreciation of a car, Max Newman, would you pay for a set of tires for one? <sighs> yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, and that, that's, that's cool. Cause that's, that's your opinion on what you think, you know, so you've, you've smoked that set and you love that car that much. You go, yeah, I'm quite happy to drop 700 quid, 600 quid yeah. on, on four new corners for that car. Then. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, when I when I took it back uh, to the dealer that lent it to me to pick up my new car that I bought, you know, and shelled out all my money on it, I sort of didn't want to give the car back and pick up my new car. You know, I loved wow. it. And, and ever since then, that was August last year or early September, I've been thinking about getting a Boxster. Yeah, okay. Uh, so, you know, and I, I 
I can't help but think, you know, I'd done 300 miles in it on that first day and I Brilliant. thought, the, uh, and I didn't like it. Yeah. So if you went, if one went to an OPC or ever and test road one did 20, 30 miles, especially if you've come from, from a six cylinder Porsche of some description yeah. or any other six cylinder, I can imagine you thinking that like this motor is rubbish. Just like they said on top gear, it's rubbish. Yeah. Um, but you know, a week later, brilliant. Yeah, excellent. So championing. Yeah, look, and that's great to be fair because uh, there there really is a Porsche out there for everybody, and 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 for some people that will really resonate. For others, it won't, and and that's fine. You know, there's there is a Porsche there for everyone. It would be interesting to see where that car is in ten years' time. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, g- genuinely, like uh, you know, of of interest. So, will it be seen as slightly more favourable because it's only a four banger? Or will it be seen as just a weird footnote in Porsche history? But then, you know, yeah. we've just I been mean, talking about quirky footnotes in Porsche history actually being a, a, a selling point. I think yeah. I've got uh, something to compare that with is the old 914. I mean, that went through a period of being worth a couple of grand, weren't they? If, if, if that, you know, probably a rusty one was, yeah, take it down the scrapyard rather than, <laughs> and, uh, and they're, they're certainly not that now. Yeah. Um, I, I haven't really seen a nine uh, a nine one four under say seven or eight k in a long while, um, and most seem to be more like fifteen for one that drives. Um, so yeah, they that could be an interesting thing with the as you say that uh, four banger Boxster. Yeah, could compare yeah. to that in the future ten yeah, years definitely. time. I mean, yeah. if in, if in ten years time, if you think about it as a progression or a journey you know given that the prevalence of smaller uh capacity turbocharged cars is a reaction to regulation and the environment and pressure legislation uh you know in the 911 and in the boxster if in 10 years time uh i'm faced with a choice between getting the e-boxster yeah or a 718 boxster rs I'll be chewing the dealer's arm off to get the 17, 718 Boxster S instead of the new uh, lithium battery e Boxster. Yeah, bang on. It, exactly that. And, and that's, that's it. That is my point. I think also what we've given birth to this episode is the 718 based 914 Resto mod. Yes. 718 based 914 bo- uh, body, pop up headlights, boom. Wicked. Well, it's interesting what 1511 are doing, aren't they? With their that's yeah. that's taking the earlier boxer with a six cylinder engine, but I wonder if they might think about that as well. Yeah, four cylinder going in that. Yeah, mm. maybe, maybe, yeah, exactly. That. Yeah, 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 great, great shout, great yeah. shout. Yeah, so, and right. another totally valid point, Max. I, I, I think if I, if I were a judge, I'd, 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 I'd let that go. <laughs> <laughs> Wait till the this, next one, yeah. It's <laughs> my point, you know, that genuinely there's, there's a Porsche for everyone. Max, I know what's coming next, and it's a bombshell, <laughs> and I love it. I absolutely, I've got popcorn ready for when this goes off. Talk about pull the pin and throw it. Before that, just before we jumped on air, I asked uh, a couple of dealers for their maybe specialist input into the market and what they think at the moment is an underrated Porsche. So I've got Greg Daly from RPM Technic here, and I've got Mark Sumter from Paragon Porsche as well that have shared their thoughts, if you'd like me to play it. Yeah, go for it. Hi, guys. Hope you're all keeping well. So you won't be surprised my first choice. 
964RS. To me, it's the, the ultimate iteration of that first shape of 911. Uh, obviously, you know, leading on from the 901 and then the F and G series cars, then 1992 911RS was the last car to have that beautiful view over the gun barrel front wings, the last car with a trailing arm suspension, Really small car, lightweight body panels, close ratio overrated in my gearbox. Uh, you know, enough power to make it fun. Um, and surprisingly, they're still half a price of a two point seven RS. So I think that car's got um, plenty of appreciation still to go. Uh, my next choice would be the nine nine six GT three generation one or two. Um, both low number, you know, low volume cars in the UK. Um, it's difficult to find a good one, but if you can find a car that's avoided accidents and has a decent service history, then that car will definitely appreciate in the future. And my last choice, um, which is a bit of a strange one, but would be a very, very early launch edition 2.5 Boxster. Um, ideally in the launch colours, if you could find one, non-modified correctly maintained you know it's it's hard to find because obviously they dropped so low in value that some of the cars just didn't didn't get looked after or serviced properly but if you could find a really good car i think that would be uh it'd be fun to own and i think it will appreciate in value thanks guys see you soon bye there we go yeah interesting mm. different corners of the porsche marketplace covered in terms of age, but also in terms of value as well. I like that. Yeah, very much so. Very I, much. I, th- I think there's a, there's, a, there's a good argument to be had for the Gen 1 GT3. And I don't want to come across facetious here at all. What Andreas Preuninger has done for, for that GT department and, and these wonderful, naturally aspirated in particular GT products that we all obsess over, it, it you know, goes without saying. Um, However, I feel, and particularly, I think there was a video I saw last year where we, the, the merits of, there was a walk around of the GT cars and the mm-hmm. merits of the Gen 2 car were being hyped up quite a lot. And I think, yeah, look, there is always going to be innovation and evolution from one model to the next. If, if not, then what's the point? Um, and this was in reference with the GT3 Gen 2 over the Gen 1. And I just think, yeah, that, that is correct. And however... In 50 years' time, much like now, when we look back on 50 years of RS, we think of the 2.7 RS, the ducktail car. The Gen 1 GT3 will always be the Halo GT3 because it was the first. Mm-hmm. You know, it, I, I know it was the only non-AP car, but I kind of feel like, to an extent, that's irrelevant. This was the the line in the sand where we crossed over into these GT3 products, and I feel like in 50 years' time, the first one will be the one that's most revered yeah yeah maybe i uh, maybe i mean andy we talked about this didn't we last week in the 996 thing about the you know the first gt3 the fact it's a non-ap car and that was an interesting time when it came along because as you say it, it was a new thing and at first it was a little bit difficult to under because it wasn't an rs it was a new yeah. kind of of hot normally aspirated 911 and it was interesting and intriguing it was like and a, exciting like a 1980 uh, 19- 1990s club sport mm. yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly wasn't it it was a new name like the carrera t it's a new nomencha that's been used yeah, yeah. it wasn't it? loved at, at first because people what was it what's gt3 
And you've driven one in fairly recent times, haven't you? You were up in Yorkshire with MP last earlier this year or last year. Last so, year, yeah, yeah. yeah you spent it. a bit of time in it and enjoyed it immensely. I remember. Well, yeah, this is it. You know, there was a nine on six dot one GT three and a nine on two GT three. Don't get me wrong, nine on two, fantastic machine, unbelievable machine. But we'd finished the day's filming, and so we had to get these two cars back to our digs for the night, basically, and. Uh, yeah, I asked to drive the 996 back because I thought, well, you know, on the road and that, this is great. If it was on track, different ball game, you know, a 992 mm. GT3 at Spa, yes, please, I'm in. Yeah. But, uh, you know, on 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 Yorkshire roads, that 996 GT3, I just thought was phenomenal for, for what it offers and what it gave you on the road. Of course, the parameters have been pushed on so much since then, and we discussed that in the video. Um, I'm referring to the – it's the first V latest GT3 it's on nine works tv on youtube mm. go and check it out and we discuss the evolution of of the gt3 lineage and many things are the same a hell of a lot is very different so and again it all comes back to that first you know that again comparing it to the rs 50 years of rs we're celebrating this year the first one in terms of how it drives is is going to be the worst isn't it even the three liter rs of one year later is a quantum leap over the 2.7 rs yeah in terms of how it drives but that first car is the halo car because it was the first yeah 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 you know and then on the 964 interesting to you know a lot of people get juiced up about 964 rs but if you take it in the context of our rs values um you can see why one might consider that to be an underrated car you know with the 27 rs as the halo car yeah and a 964 rs being half the price yeah, I can see why that qualifies as underrated, given, you know, everything else about it. Yeah, my thing has always been fantastic 911 weak RS, just because, and I've said this before, you can buy a C2 and you can make a better car, you can build a better car. And, and yeah. I really enjoy, obviously, we're going to Paragon in a couple of weeks' time for an episode, and I'm really looking forward to that. And I'm sure we'll... we'll you guys will see then because Mark and I could talk all day about these cars and we have quite differing opinions. But what I will say is Mark puts his argument across so well. It's kind of, it's hard to argue with. It's kind of hard to argue with what he's saying. It's just yeah. that for me personally, the value side I struggle with because of it's the only RS where you could feasibly build a C2 out of you. It's very hard to buy a 993 C2 and build a, a, a genuine RS yeah. re replica out of it or a car that would emulate it in the same way. Um, but obviously Mark's coming at it from a different angle, a, a purist angle, you know, where you, you would never consider doing that anyway. It's about the car as it came out of the factory with its provenance and everything else. And I get that. I really do. Yeah. Interesting. So we've got Greg Daly from RPM Technic, who's uh, also submitted a couple of bits. I'll play that now for you. Evening Nine Works crew, uh, Greg from RPM Technic here. Hope everyone's safe and well. Um, so I would go with um, an often overlooked car that's um, very, very competent. Everyone knows they're great, but a 991 GT3, a Gen 1. Uh, obviously the Gen 2, the 992, the RS models obviously always uh, always are really well received. But the price point, you know, relatively speaking, that they're sold at... 
versus the performance they would go to and what you could get out of them is still typically far beyond where most people would feel comfortable. So um, I would go the 901 Gen 1 GT3 uh, on the basis that uh, it will outperform most owners. The second one I would go with is a 992 uh, Carrera or Carrera S4 or, or 4S, but that non-GT, sort of GT, GTS um, area of the 992 range on the basis that it's um, such a versatile car, so special, you could have it as a weekend um, you know, toy, it would quite happily do 30,000 miles a year, um, they look absolutely fantastic, um, and I can see that obviously potentially coming down the line, there may be hybrid electric versions, so it, it could be the last of a proper petrol-engined uh, twin-turbo. So, uh, yeah, 992s. I'm totally on board with Greg there. For both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they're, they're, that's interesting partly because, um, you know, thinking back to some stuff that you've done as well on Nine Works, Not Simon Goley, those two cars are the same price. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, <laughs> and they're both cars that I think about every day as my potential next 911 oh um you know i'm into both of them especially after the you know the work in t911 and nine works about the 901 gt3 motor you know the different series of it and the development of it after the initial problems i took some comfort from that i love both those cars uh so yeah i'm i'm with greg go greg yeah uh, quality greg. quality andy thoughts I glazed over all this new stuff. <laughs> it's just not me, is it? I'll stick with the old stuff. Sorry, like guys. Old, old old, and oily stuff. Yeah. 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 Fair. So, yeah, but... I did glaze over, I'm afraid. <laughs> when, it, <laughs> when those numbers started coming through. Talking of it, actually, I was on the Nine Works Marketplace the other day and I couldn't help but see it RPM and it may have prompted some of Greg's thoughts, although he didn't say it. They've got a manual 992C2S in stock at the moment at RPM, a black okay. one. Yeah. I was looking at that thinking, I think it's 109 grand or something. I forget. It's black. I know that. I thought I'd love a bit of black. That. I do. <laughs> I thought I would love that as my as my that. 911 on the driveway. My, yeah. you know, I think that's just mega. Yeah. Yeah. There's just not enough manual 992s by virtue of the fact it took two model years for, for it to come through, you know? Mm. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's cool. It's quite rare. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Max, you've got a bombshell, underrated cars. I'm, <laughs> bombshell. I'm, ready. I'm, I'm ready for Andy's reaction. Is he, is he been sneaking it out to you today? I, I, I actually feel a bit more confident now after hearing Mark's uh, positioning of, of underrated Porsche. Okay. Now, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling a bit more bullish. Okay. So uh, I can't wait to hear what he says when we see him in a couple of weeks. Yeah. But my next underrated Porsche after the 17, 718 Boxer S is the 918 Spider. Boom. Oh, yeah. pull, pull the pin and throw it in. So uh, I actually wrote about this on um, Nineworks some time ago on a Wednesday want. And uh, I think amongst all of the noise and hyperbole around the Carrera GT, all with good reason, I think the 918 gets forgotten and is misunderstood as a sort of overweight, uninteresting um, Porsche. I think people forget about it completely. I think maybe forgetting but it's got an incredible V8 engine. Um, and I actually love the idea of smoking about on, on full electric, making no noise. And the thing looks incredible as well. Yeah. Um, I think our uh, US cousins have even talked about um, the prices of them going up, actually, uh, quite a lot. Uh, Seinfeld and Zuckerman 
have both said uh, that they uh, they're shooting up and they, you know, they wish they still had one. Oh, I think Zuckerman does anyway. Um, but I think they're great. I I take one over a Carrera GT, um, and I put that in black and white you as well. Take it over a Carrera GT. I take it over a Carrera GT, and I put that on Nineworks um, Wednesday one. So it's it's there for all to see. It's on the web. I've committed to it. It's great, Max. So I can't wait to see your two car garage one day of a nine one eight and a seven one eight four banging next. His and hers. That's amazing. Absolutely amazing. You do raise a good point though, and where Carrera GT values have sailed into seven figures, we covered this on the podcast at the well, start of the year. I guess you could say the Carrera JT was you know five years ago. That was an unloved kind of underdog in some ways isn't it? without a doubt and again I, I remember distinctly someone having the dilemma of do they buy a right hand drive 917 rs4 liter or a carrera gt yeah yeah that that was a thing and this comes back to the market fluctuations that i spoke about you know we could redo this podcast in probably you know the way things are going maybe even a year yeah and, and it'll be a totally different playing field totally different cars it'll yeah. be interesting to see whilst we're not predicting the values of cars it'll be interesting to see if these underrated cars that we're highlighting still carry the same gravitas or certainly the same merit to the yeah. argument. But yeah, Max, I, I, you know, when I kind of picked up my pen, when you first said that to us earlier on today, I actually think there's a lot of reason to what you're saying and a lot of sense there. Yeah, I think, I mean, and it's not like I'll probably get bloody balled out by all the Carrera GT fans. And I mean, they're amazing. You know, I really do like them. But when I'm thinking about cars and Porsches, I always think about cars that I want to use. I like using cars. You know, if I don't use a car, then I don't want to own it. And uh, it is true that you can do what you like in a Carrera GT. You can drive it through London and all that sort of thing. But it is a challenge. And the appeal of the 918 Spider for me is that it is incredible. And it feels to me like a really usable car. And I, and I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think I would personally rather have a Carrera GT. And again, if, if we use the thing of in 10 years time, the 918 might look, yeah, look, oh, it was quite cool. It adopted hybrid technology in a way that was completely different to the LaFerrari and the McLaren P1. You know, the hybrid technology didn't, it didn't boost the engine or that's not what it was there to do. It was there to give dexterity. Yeah. You know, you could do everything in the car. You could, you know, hit the auto barn, hit the Nürburgring if you're a nutter. Uh, but then glide through London silently as an example, yeah. and it can do all of that. Um, however, again, in 10 years time, when we're all driving electric Renault Twizzies or whatever, <laughs> and we go, Jesus Christ, there was actually a V10 Porsche that sounded like God knows what, do you know what I mean? Like sounded absolutely unbelievable and, and all the rest of it. I just think we'll look at it and go, wow, that, that was a road car. Wow. Yeah. It's a very clever car, the 918 Spider. I mean, I remember thinking at the time, the whole Holy Trinity thing, P1, Laugh, the 918, I thought maybe they're folly, you know, they're, mm. they're, um, they're pioneers in a journey that we have to go on. And we'll look back and think, I can't believe that we made things that we called hypercars and they had those heavy batteries in and all that sort of thing. You know, I thought that at the time, but I've reappraised, you know, and, and I think as I said on, on the podcast, when we had Jonathan Franklin on, I think we're going to go through a whole cycle and we come back to internal combustion engines with synthetic fuel and electric cars outside of cities. You know, they'll they'll be folly. 
but 918 Spider at the moment, I'm into it. You know, go back and watch a bit of um, like YouTube on it and uh, look at the, the, the sound it makes. You know, that engine, that, that V8, it's a V8 in the 918 Spider. The exhausts yeah. that come out the top behind your head. I mean, yeah. you've driven one, haven't you, Lee? You know, they're, um, I think they're awesome. They look amazing. If you get up close to one, same as with the Carrera GT, it's as beautifully detailed, I think, as a Carrera GT. Yeah, yeah, agreed. And and actually, you know, within the realms of its contemporaries, adversaries, you might even say, it's not a shouty car. No. Not not really. Perhaps it is within Porsche circles and compared to everything else, but compared to a LaFerrari and a P1, it's not a shouty car. Mm. I think it's quite svelte. And again, has some of those what will become iconic design details, including like, yeah, the exhaust positioning, for example. Yeah. You know, I think I think that's quite quite cool. And, it, and you know, again, like the mode wheel that was on the nine eighteen, that filtered down, didn't it, into um well nine elevens and beyond now. It's you know, yeah. a, a small point, but a point nevertheless. Yeah. If um if I if I if I'm able to to buy one between now and the nine works road trip next year, I'll I'll come in my nine eighteen spider. Are you sure be... you are sure you'll you'll leave the seven one eight at home? I'll leave the seven one eight at home, which I'd otherwise bring. Yeah, I'll bring the nine eighteen spider. And it'll be brilliant. Any other any other underrated Porsches to throw into the hat? I have got a couple more, but I think maybe I should just keep my mouth shut. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've got one that keeps coming to mind throughout this whole thing, and that is just the base Carrera of pretty much any model is kind of underrated in my eyes. Yeah. What car yeah. do you own again? Sorry. A base Carrera. Oh, okay, right. Yeah. <laughs> Two wheel drive. Are you, are you selling it as soon or? No, 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 no. <laughs> but yeah, it always, always, always is underrated, I think. And yeah, we forget how good the actual base Carrera is. Yeah. I agree. Agreed. Yeah. You, that, was, uh, that was my next one down, Andy, on my list. Oh, okay. <laughs> good, good, good. Uh, especially under, say, 997 Gen 1 and onwards, where that model yeah. lineup really flourished. And there was a real, you know, race to get the markup you know salespeople yeah. at the time i mean bloody hell they must have had some good holidays oh yeah because everybody was upsell to the s and the 4s and everything yeah, else yeah. but you, you're dead right the the, the entry-level carrera is a is a great 911 out of the box really yeah. absolutely good yeah very good well i've just got like one to throw into the hat that oh I've yeah come on of, of any kind of merit and that's the 930 turbo oh yeah agreed the the legendary the iconic 911 turbo the original and and within that of course it's we, we talk being realistically the 3.3 litre it's it's cheaper than the, the three litre which due to numbers is a bit of a kick on but if you look at the market really a 930 turbo is only a little bit more of a kick on than the 3.2 carrera yeah that's nuts, which was built to imitate it and and to all intents and purposes really is a heavy carrera a turbo without the turbo for for 15 percent more you can throw in the turbocharger as well and adopt full legendary status. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and to be honest with you as well, like 3.3 litre, four speed, you won't find anything else that drives like it like that within within that Porsche umbrella from way back all the way to modern day. There's nothing that drives like a 930. It's a real event. Yeah. Is it yeah. is it quite it's only got four gears. Is it quite long gearing? Do you sort of really massively like throw it through gearing. the gears and then you just Put your foot down and so wait for the boost. Well, no, but you'd, you'd be surprised. You're like the art. The art of driving those cars really is to is to resist the urge to change up. You know, okay. this is a laggy single turbocharger car. So 
yeah, the art is to keep the revs high, keep that turbo spooling because when it drops out and it's why it's a real Jekyll and Hyde car, you know, you, you have to think about driving these mm. and you know, the amount of cars and coffees I've been to, you just don't see a 930 turbo rock up. Not really, not no, in comparison right. to, uh, to other things. And, and I just think, you know, I think especially on, on a, you know, you talk about maximum engagement on the road. I think if you had a big cars and coffee somewhere, a hundred cars turned up, there are two 930 turbos there. I think those guys or girls have had the most fun getting to that cars and coffee. I really do. And, <laughs> and the most, the most kind of, unique and nuanced out of, of of anything i really do yeah mm. and for people of a certain age it's the 911 silhouette isn't it it's the 911 yeah. poster car it's the athena yeah. car turbo exactly Amazing. that exactly you know and started porsche's turbo dynasty but yeah. uh it just for some reason isn't celebrated in the same way say again the 2.7 rs is yeah yeah not yeah. really, you know. So I think for the money where they're at, I, I really, I've said earlier on to you, Andy, via WhatsApp, I feel I've got to own one of those cars before I die. Oh, yeah. I think you should. Yeah, yeah honestly, I second that. I'd, yeah. I'm up for that too. Should we go halves? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, no, I, th- I think no. coupe. Go, coupe, go, okay. go yeah, coupe yeah. and yeah. Go, f- yeah. go full bodied. Yeah. Quite, quite yeah. literally full fat turbo experience. I think you boys should do it. Yeah. All right. Right, Amazing. let's get the fund going. Exactly that. Yeah. <laughs> Who's in? <Yeah. laughs> uh, do you think? Sort of just talking about the nine thirty there. I mean, you know, the the way that it drives and that you have to sort of learn it and yeah, be, get to know it to 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 enjoy it. And yeah. there's that sort of um, it's all about learning how to drive it is the most enjoyable bit. Do you think that ties in? a lot of these cars that we've been talking about today in that they are all cars that you need to take a while to understand, take a while to master. And they're, yeah, they're just, yeah, just a little bit different in kind of understanding what they are and how to drive them. Is there end appeal? Absolutely. I think you've hit that on the head andy brooks to be honest with you yeah and and we've not kind of meant to kind of come to this conclusion but i i think that is bang on and it shows that the market really is awash with brilliant drivers cars that are fantastic value for money if your metric is yeah full-on driver engagement honest honest driver engagement yeah yeah not not maybe like cars and coffee willy waving or anything i don't know yeah yeah what are you laughing at? Me? Who? Me? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not laughing at anything. <laughs> <laughs> the willy waving. <laughs> He's back in those bushes, isn't he? Child, Johnny. Absolutely. <laughs> no. No. I'll uh, tell you what I was thinking about. It popped into bed. I can't stop thinking about it now. Uh, 930 turbo flat nose. Oh, I love them. That's got you. <laughs> love them. They are, they are exceptionally cool. Is that a five-speed? Is that is that late? Um, can it can be both. Can it those. depends. Yeah, it can. It can be both. Oh, right, okay. be, my 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 thoughts on that is, I feel for for a flat nose, you have to have a proper nine eleven silhouette in your garage hmm. to to appreciate the flat nose, or to okay. maybe or or conversely to appreciate the nine eleven silhouette. 
mm, it, okay. as a as a as a one car, you know, a one nine eleven or one Porsche garage. I wonder how many of those are a flat nose. I think it would be tiny numbers, if yeah. really at all. If at all, yeah, agreed. You know? Agreed. Yeah, always comes back to that silhouette, doesn't it? If, it does. You, if you've got a one Porsche garage, then it's got to be a coupe, and it's got to have that silhouette. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. You're quite right. Um, but yeah, Andy, like what? A, what a great kind of sentiment to finish the show on, really with regards to kind of the natural conclusion we've come to with these underrated 911s and the theme that they carry i think that really is food for thought for us all absolutely absolutely right one last thing that we need to do spread the love spread the love and then set your challenge for next week andy brooks my challenge for next week absolutely okay all right i don't know about this andy talk (laughs) talking of spread the love lee went to the espresso lounge today for coffee oh did you was it good yeah Yeah, it was all right did you get did you get free coffees? No, I didn't. I didn't know. You had to pay. Oh. Do you know who my mate Max is? <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, no, no, no. He no, said no, never no, heard of him. Never heard of him. Maxie? Never heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that nutter. Yeah. Good no. coffee? Yeah, it was coffee? to be honest with you. Yeah, it was good. It was, it was yeah. a, that's a thorough, yeah, heart, a, a good recommendation, Max. So good, good. Yeah, your, right. uh, your integrity is still intact yeah. so uh what coffee shop are we going for this week then max <laughs> no no coffee shop no coffee okay shop we're, we're done right what are you going first i can go first go i'm then. going i'm going in the opposite direction i'm going from niche yeah. to something pretty uh pretty broad and well known but something still that i don't think uh everybody's been to partly because of where they live in the country i'm going this weekend this sunday to the last sunday scramble at bista heritage oh yeah I love this heritage. I know it's only 20 minutes down the road for me, but lucky boy, I'd go to the opening of an envelope at this heritage. It's (laughs) such a great place. You know what they're doing with that, what they've done with that and what they continue to do it. They've developed it a lot in the six years or seven years that I've been going there and they're doing everything really uh, sympathetically and with a great eye for detail. I love going to events there. So, um, and there are people, you know, you think everybody's been to Pist Heritage, but that's no, not, there's that's a lot of people there's that haven't. There's a lot yeah. of people that haven't. And yeah. I would implore people to get themselves along to a Sunday scramble. Yeah. Um, and it, they, it really is excellent. Love it. Good. See like you there it. on Sunday. Well, seeing you there yesterday. <laughs> when this <laughs> podcast goes out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I've got a local business down here, which is called Wicked Coatings. Uh, they've done quite a lot of work for me. Um, on my car, the Cerakote finish that I've had done. Um, but they're actually really well known, I think, in some of the forums. They do like the Porsche forums, even doing work for like guys over in America. Uh, they do a lot of um, sort of color coding of interior parts for 997s and people like that um, do all sorts of work for for companies that sort of customize fans and things like that do some really good high quality work they're down here uh, just around the corner from paul in um, holton heath and uh, top quality work from yeah really good guys that look after your parts and do good work so yeah wick, wicked coatings so what so like um some color coding of in- interior trim what are they yeah. what, are they painting it or what, what, they, what they 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 can do painting or they can do 
dipping, you know, where they dip like the carbon fiber print or whatever print you want on it. Um, And lots of other sort of different coating finishes. Um, As I said, they've done all of the Cerakote finish that I put on my fan on my car and all of the underbody parts. Um, But yeah, they just, they really look after all the parts and, and do a great job and they all come back, you know, in spectacular condition um, really well packaged and and looked after so yeah that's my one very good superb absolutely superb uh, well to finish i would like to uh, spread the love this week to the good guys and girls at the french border force <laughs> who, <laughs> hey, what did they do for you um, they strip search you? it's kind of what they didn't do yeah but it kind of leads to a bit of a public apology really because I, I probably wasn't <laughs> wasn't the best behaved but uh, we had a conversation that basically we went through when we were coming back, did the passport bit. And then, you know, sometimes they then wave a couple of you off and you basically yeah. just like the car gets like swabbed, didn't it? For like drugs mm-hmm. or, you know, yeah. whatever contraband. And they go off and I'm, I was, you know, all more cool with that. That's absolutely fine. Uh, but we went to this, they waved us through to this section that, the only way I can describe it is a narrow track, but then it had three kind of metal bars running along the floor, but raised up yeah. maybe as much as three or possibly even four inches, maybe th- call it three inches. Oh, so you couldn't reverse out of it, that sort of thing. Sort of. It's really hard to describe, but basically if you, if you imagine you've got three lines, yeah, you've got two first, one on each side. Then the third is a wheel's width, a, a skin. This is the crucial point, a skinny wheel's width away from the left hand one. Yeah. Basically the guy was waving us onto this contraption. And I just thought not in a month of Sundays, my friend. So I got out of the car and I said, mate, no chance, absolutely no chance because the, <laughs> these rails were raised so high. There was no way a, that my, car little irish was going to get over that yeah but also there was no way that the rear wheel at 10 inches wide was going to go through it and and for that matter any 911 of any vintage and beyond i mean imagine a gt2 rs trying to go through this or or a new gt3 rs 325 section tires on the rear no chance the fronts wouldn't get over so i said mate absolutely no way do what you need with the car but that is not going through there and you know probably wasn't the right way to, to pitch it at this point, but I'd been driving all day. I'd had a week of zero sleep and whatever. And uh, the French guy said, so you've decided then have you, that that's not going through. I said, well, I'm not doing it. If you want to do it fine, but I'm not, I'm not doing that. I don't think it can go over. I don't want to damage my car. If you want to give it a go, you're very welcome. Um, obviously that didn't go down particularly well. We had a very big <laughs> argument um you know at one stage the car was being led through to the room where the whole car gets pulled to bits and like the door cards come off and everything (laughs) it was going it was going south at quite quite a rate um naturally i was very happy to apologize (laughs) and uh you know in the end we shook hands and went on our way and but like yeah i just as i pointed out to them at the time i didn't handle it in the best way but i just said i'm a very long way from home if something is knocked underneath that car, you know, bent wishbone or whatever it is, you, you know, bent lower arm, damaged wheel, damaged tire. I'm a long way from home. And also I shouldn't have to pay for that. I don't know what this contraption was. I don't, I have no idea. Was it like, um, you know, those car washes that drag the car along 
Was it like that to take over an X-ray machine or something? Possibly, yeah, possibly. You yeah. know, they said that you know it's a it's a we we read up online afterwards and it says that it's a search for like contraband, yeah. you know, or or your stowaways or whatever. I mean, you yeah, know, you it's do probably well like to an find... X-ray machine, to, yeah, and it drags I mean, it through at a certain speed. The car, yeah, 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 it's probably and, one of those, yeah. But you know, not happening, not happening. Yeah. I, 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 no way. Okay, That's so you want to you want to spread some love back and just i want to spread some love because the way whilst whilst my sentiments is in my opinion still bang on um yeah the way the way that was handled was probably not um <laughs> tip top so yeah i want to shout out to the good guys and girls at the french border force because you do do a fantastic job and we cannot wait to visit your lovely country again sometime soon <laughs> <laughs> and please can i, I come it. back yeah okay. yeah exactly that yeah, yeah no, <laughs> all friends all friends good good wonderful amazing so before we sign off andy you're obviously jetting off stateside and and max and i incredibly jealous for that we would start by saying that um yeah but we'd like to set you a, a challenge okay we've spoken previously on the podcast about maybe the differences in car culture between uh, the uk and and us yeah and we thought well if you're going out there perhaps you might like to explore that in a bit more detail okay and maybe report back next episode stateside on your findings and that's kind of going through all corners of, of Porsche car culture over there. Indeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm up for that? No up problem. That. Some proper yeah. on-the-ground journalism. I thought I was going to have to... I don't know what I was going to have to do. Something to an American or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was a little bit scared of what you, what you were going to come up with. I've got a challenge for you. I'd yeah, like you to get a little voice, voice note recorded by um, former factory Porsche driver and all-around good guy, Patrick Long. You okay. You see him at Luft because uh, he is behind Luft and he yeah, seems yeah. like a top guy. All right, we'll do. We'll try and get him on. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be good. good. All right, no problem. Quality. Have, a, have a great time as well. I will, yes. Yeah, I fly on Friday morning, so looking forward to it. Lots of pictures. Looking forward to following on your socials. Yes, yes. Lots coming. Okay. Good. Quality, my man. Safe flying. Watch out for the border force. <laughs> well, yeah, they don't muck about in the States. You know, don't <laughs> no, 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 definitely don't. Don't, don't, do like don't do a Sylvie. Yeah. No, no, stay in the car. Stay in the car. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Grand. All right, guys. Good. Always a pleasure. Never a chore. Look after yourselves and we'll see you soon. See you soon. See you soon. Cheers. Bye. Yeah, bye. This episode was brought to you by our very kind Patreons. If you enjoy the podcast and would like to join them in supporting us, you can do so at patreon.com slash nineworksradio.